Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. My guest today is Peter Schulman. She's the founder and director of Goodness Me Box, Australia's largest health food subscription box. Every month, these guys deliver a box straight to your door that's filled with healthy snacks that are nutrient-rich and minimally processed, with their purpose being to help people make better food choices. Peter came up with the idea for this business after her own autoimmune disorder helped her discover the power of whole foods, and she wanted other people to experience the same benefits from eating clean, nourishing foods. So over the last five years, Goodness Me have worked with over 800 companies and sampled nearly 2 million health products. They've now expanded to launch a kids box, a beauty box, their online shop, and before COVID hit, they were hosting large-scale events. When COVID hit, they noticed a gap. Since brands couldn't run these events anymore, there was no in-store sampling, Goodness Me decided to focus on building a digital presence for the brands they worked with collecting data through market research and helping consumers find healthy products. They've also expanded to offer corporate opportunities to improve morale and health employees working from home. I want to ask Peter how the business was able to rapidly adapt this offering, the importance of communicating the goodness me story, how their marketing strategy was all about building brand recognition so that their customers could become their biggest advocates. The use of the customer's referral process and referral system, whether it's through social media or just by tapping their friend on the shoulder, how important is that? How do they source their products? And then how do they work out what consumers want? So let's get into it. Peter Schulman, welcome to The Mentor. Thanks for having me. Uh, I know I'm surrounded by all these goodies here, um, all these sort of healthy things here, yes. organic seaweed. And what it looks like to me is that in this box, there's a number of brands. These aren't brands, that, you, for example, that you manufacture and or source Correct. You, you actually find brands that other people like to eat. Yes. Or, and or consume somehow. I don't, I don't know if eat's the right word. Uh, um, I find it uh, today anyway, um, one of the things that I, when it comes to food or these sorts of foods, like healthy foods, I find it very confusing um, as to what is good for me. Because, I mean, I, I don't want to have to read the back of everything and see whether or not it's got sugar in it or where, where it was made or how much protein's in there and how much carbos in there. Is that the sort of thing that you guys do for me if, you know, if, if, if I want someone to sort of set it up for me in the terms of the box that I buy from you? Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. Food is so confusing these days. No one wants to stand there reading the ingredients label. And you mentioned sugar. There are 300 different names for sugar on the market at the moment. Yeah. Fruc so, fructose, sucrose, bloody blah, 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 blah. So confusing. So how do we know what's healthy and what's not? So we're here to help people make better food choices and we do the work for them. Right. That's interesting. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess what I want to know is you know, where did you first get your love of or um, interest in? You know, where did you first get that sense that you wanted to do this sort of stuff? Yeah, sure. So I wasn't a healthy kid growing up necessarily. I ate a lot of processed food. And so- Where did you grow up? I grew up in Sydney. Yep. In the North Shore. So- but why, why weren't you, why are you eating that sort of shit? I think, you know, you, you eat what your mum buys for you. And my mum was working all the time and my dad ran a busy business and so processed food was really the norm. It's convenient. It's time efficient. So dinners for us were maybe a lot of kind of frozen foods that you'd warm up. You'd go to recess, have, you know, packets of chips, all that kind of packaged food that you could just grab off the, the supermarket shelf. So um, my mum did a really good job, of course. But, um, 
yeah, that, that's just what we were used to eating. We didn't know that, you know, fresh, real foods or foods just made with natural ingredients, how important that was. But is that a consequence of um, your parents' upbringing? I mean, or was it more a matter of the times, just convenience? Or was it just, I mean, because, I mean, what are we going, how, how old are you now? 31. So you're going back, uh, I don't know, 28 years or so, um, back back into the 90s. Um, people were sort of aware of, I get not like they are today, but they were sort of aware of, you know, eating rubbish. Um, but is it, or do you think it's pretty much normal? That was the norm then for you? I think it was part of All the your friends norm. doing the same thing? Yeah, like you had this whole like low-fat diet movement where, you know, you had all these processed foods where they were adding extra ingredients to make them low-fat or diet, a lot of processed foods for convenience. So I think we've gone through different decades of, food and the food industry in particular and how that's evolved. And as you said, at the moment, we're sitting in this whole food revolution where people are realising there's been this change, but it's taken time to get here. Because I'm trying to think what I was doing in the 90s. Um, I mean, I was aware that you shouldn't eat, um, I'm probably about your parents' age, but I was aware that uh, you shouldn't be eating processed food. You shouldn't buy stuff out of the frozen, you know, frozen food department and take it home and freeze it. I mean, I... I wasn't eating then like I'm eating now. I'm much more aware now. But at the same time, I knew about this. Um, and I, I'm sort of surprised. It'd be different if you said to me you came from, uh, you know, uh, Blacktown or something where it was a socioeconomic thing. Why do you think – I mean, I, I'm confused. Like N- North Shore people tended to be higher up the socioeconomic level. Um, they tended to be more aware of, you know, what was good for their kids and I'm, you know, making the obvious assumption that your parents, you know, loved you and, like, and uh, you know, wanted to look after and get the best for you. Um, do you think it's, is this a consequence of just busy people being influenced by what they saw on television or what they read, or just to bloody eat it up? It's easy to cook. We go home at eight o'clock at night, so to give Peter whatever she wants, it's in the freezer. There's a pasta and let's just eat the pasta. What was it? Yeah. Partly, I think convenience, kids are fussy as well. So parents sometimes want the easiest solution. Um, Particularly at the end of a busy day. Yeah, you're tired. Like my dad would get home at nine o'clock from a busy day. We'd always wait for him to eat dinner as well. That was one thing my mum always did. And um, I think it was just, you know, it was just easier that way. Yeah. So, because it's interesting um, when you say easier, it's it's an interesting uh, concept. Um, Do you make this easy? Is that what this is all about? Yeah. I mean, you're doing the same thing yeah. and it's better for you. Yes, yeah. So, I mean, the whole idea behind Goodness Me was that to make it easy and fun as well. So the idea of having a surprise land on your doorstep makes discovering these foods fun. Once you know the right foods to choose, it makes it much easier when you're shopping at the supermarket. Do you think that, um, I know when my kids were growing up, I, I didn't go the easy route, and uh, which made it hard for me because... Uh, you know, I had to make them eat things I didn't want to eat. You yep. know, like I used to eat, make them eat healthy food. Because that, that's when I grew up as a kid, we've been going back a long time now, um, there wasn't any of the stuff that you could get in the supermarket. There's no frozen foods. I mean, frozen peas maybe. But there was no uh, pre-prepared meals. There's no frozen pastas or pizzas or shit like that. Yeah, your mum, you got home and mum or dad would cook the meal. It would be based on you know, a bit of meat and just a couple of vegetables and whatever. And you ate it. If you didn't eat it, you, that's bad luck. You don't get any more food. You go to bed. Um, that was everybody, not just me. It was everybody. And I'm, I try to do that same process with my kids. And uh, it wasn't easy for me because I got four sons and it, it was, there was a couple of fussy eaters in there and it was a hassle. Yep. Um, and I often wondered to myself, did I put myself through a whole lot of punishment for no reason? Um, like, you know, because it was punishing, you know, like I, because I was a single parent and, uh, you know, I was working long hours too and I'd come home and, oh, my God, it was like a punished, you know, especially the youngest boy, he wouldn't eat. The youngest boy wouldn't eat meat. He only ate vegetables. Um, another one would only eat exotic stuff like salamis or uh, tarama salada, Greek things. <laughs> um, and that's what he wanted on his toast in the morning. That's what he wanted to take to school. Um, and uh, the other two wouldn't eat vegetables and only eat meat. And I think about it now. I look at them. They're all pretty much the same thing. Um, I don't know if I influenced the way they grew up at all in any shape or form. And I often think to myself, was it worth a hassle? Yeah. What do you think about that? Absolutely. I, I think it was definitely worth it. I think our whole lifestyle, it's like an accumulation and can be a build up over years and years. So it might not be your food, but it could be your stress, your sleep, you know, everything builds up over time and affects us. And I guess that's the whole idea behind 
you know, how do you live your best life, live your longest and the whole idea behind preventative health as well. So I'm a big believer in that. So definitely not a waste of time. I but you, but you, you, you've gone the 180. You're, you're actually rejected the way you ate. Yeah, yeah. You, do you believe it was because of what you ate? You weren't well because of what you ate? Yeah, so I ended up with some health problems. I wouldn't blame it solely on that, but I know when I started to change the way I ate, it definitely contributed to my recovery or management of my condition. So um, when I was about 21, I just finished university and I find, found myself really sick. I was in bed for three months, thought it was a flu at first, and it just continued to the point where I could barely walk anymore. And I started working. I got well enough to go to work, but I'd find I'd be sleeping all weekend. I'd come home extremely fatigued, body aches. Um, my immune system was completely shot. And the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me for years. And it's funny when you get to that point, you start feeling like, oh, this is just my normal. You forget what it's like to jump out of bed with full energy after so much time. And um, it was about the eighth or ninth time I'd been to the GP that year and he'd put me on another antibiotic because I had a cold or flu. And um, I just thought this, this just isn't normal anymore and begged him to send me to an immunologist and was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. So my body doesn't create as many antibodies like other people and hence why I'm vulnerable so often to, to viruses. And, and he told me that was absolutely nothing I could do to fix it. The only thing was to go into hospital once a month the rest of my life to get these protein antibody transfusions to keep my energy levels up. So by that time I was 24 and when you're that age and your friends are all going out and, you know, having a good time, I just felt like that was pretty devastating to hear and especially that there was no solution. That, that's what I was hearing when I spoke to him, Michael. There's nothing you can do. So um, I think that was a real turning point for me then. Because we hear a lot about it, don't we? We never heard about autoimmune disease no, 30 years ago. No, no. Now all of a sudden we hear about it all the time. Yeah, it was like this unknown disease. The tricky thing about it is that there's like over 80 different forms of autoimmune diseases and it's quite confusing as well to understand. And it's full on for the person. Yeah. And they, and they end up suffering. That's it. I mean, and, and what seems incredible to me is that you found your way out of this with food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no doctor told you to do that, do they? Well, I actually, I woke up the next morning pretty angry. I was upset that first night. I was really mad the next day. And well, I What thought, were you mad about? I didn't want to be in hospital once a month, like the rest of my life. Those were his words and feel like a patient. Like I just yeah, thought yeah. that was ridiculous. I was 24. And I also didn't mention I was working in PR previously, but in, we'd call it the preventative health space. So we'd work with a lot of doctors and conferences and I wasn't actually applying anything I'd been learning the last five years um, about the health space. And I just thought that there must be a solution or a way to help manage this. So I started researching and found a, an integrative doctor as well. And just one of the first things she said, that? integrative. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they will look at your body as a whole, how it works together and look at your lifestyle, your sleep, your food, your hormones, which to me, makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think every doctor should be looking at that and asking about that when they when they speak to you as well um, and trying to look at the cause and not just treat the symptom. I find a lot of the time when you go to the doctors, they might give you some medication to treat the symptom, but it's like, hold on, let's take a few steps back. How did this actually start? Because if I can figure out how this maybe started, I can fix fix the cause. But that's part of the thing. It's so complicated. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so complex and what I find uh, interesting is that you, Peter, um, you just started doing some research and you just decided to, you know, change what you put in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Something that simple, right? Yeah. So I thought, okay, let me just cut out everything with artificial and processed ingredients. That seemed like why I put chemicals in our body. And I was finding it very difficult to find these products in the supermarket and I started wandering into health food stores and trying all these products and that you actually package, tasted good. in a package good. sense? Yeah, in the package sense, So you what about just walk down the aisle and just say, I'll buy myself some broccoli, some apples? Totally, yeah. Fresh food, definitely. Like yeah. I was eating a lot of that and I still do. Um, but sometimes you want a yummy package snack as yeah. well. You still want to eat chocolate and you still want to eat chips and cookies. But were those things and, around? Yeah, they yeah. Were around, okay. But they were in like these small health food stores. So they weren't as mainstream in supermarkets. 
And I just thought, why do people not know more about these brands? And I started getting excited about what I was discovering and I started feeling better over the few months and my test results started getting better. In those three years when I was unwell, you'd, I went to so many doctors and they did say to me, yeah, yeah. oh, it's just chronic fatigue or it's in your head. Yeah, yeah. It's so frustrating because you know your body better than anyone and you're just going to yourself, no, like, there's something something more is going on. You know, it's just not normal. And then some people can, you know, get up and fix it like you did, but other people, they just go into a deep hole. Yeah, that's it. Well, you can use it as an excuse. So for me, I got mad about it and thought I'm going to do something about it. I didn't want to feel like that. So that really drove me. And I hate it when someone tells me I can't do something as well. I yeah, find yeah. that a real driver for me. So. Well, you're lucky you got the personality that allowed you to do that. So just explain to me the research you did. So when you say research, you just walk down the aisles of health food stores and, oh, that looks interesting, or, or did you read up what you do? Did you yeah. speak to people? I started trying a lot of products and I started getting really excited about them. And because I was working in PR, I thought, well, how can I promote these brands and get the word out there about them? Because I, I actually really loved PR. I loved marketing and promoting brands and doing all that. And I thought, well, let me combine something I'm – I'd become really passionate about and then something I was really good at. And for me, that was really important. And I'd always wanted to start my own PR agency when I'd gotten into the business. I don't know why. It was just something I wanted to do. And so I think it started to shift that, well, maybe I can do this myself and maybe I can start a business where I help promote these brands and get consumers excited about these products. Because as you said before, if something as simple as food can make such a difference to your life, you know, like. So you you spent a fair bit of time Peter, walking down the aisles actually reading labels. Yeah, yes. If I didn't understand what was in it, I'd put it Rip down. Out. Like that's, that's simple, right? That's how simple it should be when we're shopping. I'm just looking in the goodness me box. Is this like a something I'll, I'll use every single day? Like I go, okay, top left hand is what I do in the morning. Uh, natural green tea is something I do in the afternoon. Uh, what's this one here? Cacao and hemp baked granola. Um, oh, that's breakfast. Yep. Is it? Is this like a, a day pack? Yeah. So um, short answer is probably no. It's not your essential kit like you would like if you get a dinner kit or something. But it's mostly snacks and ideas and ingredients to use. This is your snack kit. Yeah. 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 So this is like a little bit of a spoil. Yeah. It's a it's a bit of luxury to, yeah, to get it. And yeah. yeah, it's not like your if your it's dinner kit essentials. doesn't arrive, it's your necessity. Yeah. Yeah. After the break, I want you to tell me what all your product lines are. Yep. And I know you got something for kids as well. One for beauty. Well, I need that one. I want to talk about the genesis of these various products, particularly the, the beauty one. I mean, obviously, um, that's a big game today. Beauty is a huge game. Yeah. Huge game. Yep. Like, I, you know, I would never have thought that a humble beautician, like 30 years ago, she got a job or he got a job. Usually it was a she, though, in those days. Um, you know, it was an average income, but it was okay. Today, my God, apparently you can't even get a booking into beauticians today, you know, and they they charge ridiculous amounts of money. They have all these miracles they're going to, you know, create and they're going to change the way you look and, you know, you're going to glow and all sort of stuff and they charge ridiculous amounts, crazy amounts of money and they kill on it. Yep. We are really conscious of beauty today. Yeah. Health and beauty is a big game. Huge industry, absolutely. And is that why you've gone into the beauty side of things? Yeah, we saw an opportunity. You know, a lot of people get into natural healthy food. It sort of enters them into, okay, well, I'm going to now try the natural beauty space as well or dabble in it, you know. It's not necessarily maybe that they've cleared out their whole cabinet because, to be honest, I find beauty even more complicated than food. Well, we go to the break. We're talking about a good sponsor and we're going to come back. I want to talk about the business, so uh, how you market it, how you source your products, how you distribute it. Etc. So let's go to the break and we'll come right back. I'm back from the break and I'm here with Peter and we're talking about her business, Goodness Me. And we, you know, we talked about the reasons why she got into it and the sorts of things that motivated her and also her discoveries about herself. And right in front of me, we've got a fair bit of merchandise here, but let's start from the beginning now. What actually is your business? What is the business you are promoting? Yeah, sure. So essentially we're a health food sampling subscription box service 
And for brands, we offer them a marketing service as well. So we're getting their products into the hands of a very targeted health conscious consumer. Okay, let's let's break it down a little bit and dig in. Um, so just explain to the audience what is the consumer side of the business? Apart from the brand side of the business, what do you, what do, you do for consumers? Yeah, sure. And who are your consumers? Yeah, so they're mostly female, by the way, 98% female, which is crazy. But um, they will sign up online to a health box, say, for example. They can personalise it for their dietary requirement if they need. And then once a month, a surprise box will land on their doorstep with up to about 10 products to trial. And then... They're also incentivized to review the products if they want to give their feedback and opinion, which they so love to do. So it's not the same box every month? No, it changes every and it's single not, month. And is it the same box for every person? I mean, I'm assuming we're all at the same dietary constraints. Most of the time it'll shift a bit for different dietary dietary yeah. requirements. So like yeah. let this month or this box in front of me here, someone in your organization has decided that um, you're going to put in an organic seaweed, some cookies, um, you've got... Um, some magnesium hand cream, you've got some uh, green tea from one particular brand, we've got some veggie, roasted veggies, some other bits and pieces, and you've got some granola. There might be some other things which I can't see. So this could change next month though. Yes, yeah. So every month it'll change and the idea is like we want the, the consumer to be surprised each month and to discover different brands and products on the market. So yeah, And what, what, I mean, how much does it cost a month, for example? It's $25 right. and free shipping. Right. So you get yeah. this box of goodies delivered to your front door, wherever you want the thing to be delivered to. And I open it up and it's, it's all cool because it's things I've, I've probably never seen before. And then what do I do? Do I review it? Is, 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 do you want me to review each one of these things? Yeah, so if you choose to, you can review the products. And then we also recently launched our online shop in March where they can then go and purchase the products that they right. discover as well. Right. And Okay, so, so let's say yep. I like the green tea. Then I can say, well, that's something I'm going to get. I'm going to go and buy. So I go onto your website. Yep. And I don't go to their website. I go to your website to buy it. Yep. Is that right? Ideally, yeah. yes. Yeah, okay. You don't want me to leak out the other way, <laughs> and uh, um, I go to and uh, you then have to stock this stuff, or do you? How, how are you um, doing your inventory? Yeah, we've got two systems currently at the moment. So one is self fulfilled, where we all do it, and then the other is we do have a small segment of drop shipping right. that we do with brands, and um, yeah, so it depends on the arrangement that we work out with the brands at the moment. And what and what do you say to your customers like this? I mean, is there something that uh, I see on the box written here, this is basically the best day of the month. I get that. It's a bit of marketing. Fair enough. You know, it's about the surprise and the element of surprise and it's a cool cool thing to look forward to. I look forward to this yep. and I get this on my doorstep and think, oh, cool, I got that. Yep. That's nice. Um, but what what are you sort of undertaking to the customer? What's your promise? Yeah, yeah. We're trying to help them make a better food choice and make it easy and fun and delicious. I mean, that's our big thing to them. So um, – for them, you know, we also run online challenges. So this month is all about happy hormones. So we'll educate them about the foods you can eat to help with your hormones. So that's it. That's these inserts here. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we run a free two-week challenge for them to do as well. So that education component's there too. Right. So, and then, and I, I like that the, the word you said is choice. So you're not sort of saying to them, look, this is what you need to eat for this month. You're saying... You choose, but we're going to give you things to choose from. Yeah. We're so going to select the choice. Better choice or, or swap it, you know, swap it with other granola that you've got in your cupboard that might have more sugar or artificial ingredients, whatever it might be. And do you talk about, for example, this granola here? Do you talk about the granola? I mean, do you, do you tell me about this product or do I go online to find out about it? Or? Yeah, so you'll go online to find about it. So part of that makes up the marketing campaign that we'll do for brands, putting it on our social, our blog, our newsletter, um, the online program as well. So, And then we'll also email directly to our consumers information about the products. So the I'm paying 25 bucks a month and I get the box and um, I get all these, these, these things in this particular box here. What's your typical customer going to do as soon as they get the box? I mean, yeah. What's a typical customer? What's their process? So um, they usually actually share it on social media because they're so excited when it lands on their doorstep and they want to tell their they friends about it. They share it on their it. social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they can jump online, log into their account, review the products in the box. They earn points that they can then go spend as dollars on the shop. So there might be one or two products that they really love and that they want to actually start buying 
regularly um, or buy in bulk as well. Right. So you're so, using, not using, but they're part of your marketing campaign because they're using their um, reach to push, you know, Farmer Joe's thing and hopefully they're, they're going to say something about goodness me and talk about, you know, the whole well-being sort of process that you're talking about uh, and how it makes them feel. Do they talk about how it makes them feel? Do they say, oh, yeah. look, I've been having this for a couple of weeks and I feel pretty light. I've been training better or I sleep better or whatever the case may be. I think that's the best thing that we like to hear when they speak about how they feel after eating something yeah. or switching because that's ultimately what you want, you know, the purpose of it. Um, and as you said as well, it's a great um, form of marketing when your customers are doing the marketing or the word of mouth for up. you. It's that's the, the best. Yeah. And then in, that's from you to the consumer. Let's go back to the supply side on the other side. How do you choose the products? Or do, I guess you've been around long enough now and well-known enough that the products come to you, I presume. I mean, this is a good way for me. If I got a product, I want to get out there in the market, I'll go and see you guys and hopefully you'll put it in the next box for the next month. Yeah. Is that, is that the idea? Yeah. So most of it is incoming now because we've established a brand and name for ourselves. Um, we've got a team of nutritionists that will review the products and ingredients in the box. So what does people do? They actually will sit in a little room and like have a tea tasting and do they get a microscope <laughs> and have a look at the leaf? I mean, what are they doing? They mostly just read the ingredients. Read the ingredients. You know, yeah. and like sometimes, Mark, it's not even about the nutritional panel as well. Like I always say, you shouldn't have to be a mathematician to be healthy. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Be so complicated. Yeah. They will look at the ingredients and, you know, we've, we've got parameters or guidelines. Is it natural ingredients? Nothing artificial? Tick, tick, tick. And do, and, do, and do you have like a, I'm just looking at the screen, do you have like a, a thing that says, uh, do you give it a score? Do you sort of say uh, it's, you know, four out of ten when it comes to um, nutrition, one out of ten for taste? I mean, do, do you do that or do you want the consumer to do that for you? So the consumer will rate all of that and right. then we collect it as data and give that market research report to the brands. And so they use that for product development or to help get ranged or a lot of the time to stay ranged on the supermarket shelves as well. What's that mean, ranged? So if the supermarkets decide to keep holding or selling their products on the shelf. Right. So so these things can be bought in a supermarket too. So are they all supermarket bought? Not all. I'd say about 15% of the brands that we work with. Um, some of them are in independence and then some of them are just in your small, you know, small cottage industry Health food store. Yeah, 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 yeah. But is your is there enough products, new products out there to keep yeah. putting in a box? There's a lot. There's is a there? lot. We've worked with over 800 companies since we've launched, and some of them will do repeat campaigns with us as well. Obviously, so um, they've they've multiple products in their range. And do you charge them? I wish we're not there yet. Um, there is a, an amazing subscription company called Ipsy in the states, and yeah, only in the last year. That's I, what I believe do. the last year they've started charging. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially we should be charging the brands. We're doing a whole marketing campaign for them. We're getting them in the hands of a very targeted customer. Retailers will charge them if they want to sample in store. So we work on an exchange basis with the brands. We don't pay for the product. And by the same token, we don't charge them for our standard marketing campaign. Well, that's interesting. So like if, say this goodness me box here, how many of these would you send out this month? We send thousands out, so, oh, so five thousand for you. Yeah, over five thousand. So does that mean that the tea business they give you five thousand boxes of tea? Yeah. yeah. And if they can't give you the five thousand, they're just not going to get in the box, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We well, we sometimes will do 
half quantity campaigns because, you know, we want to work with a range of brands. And sometimes the smaller brands are more exciting as, you know, like mm-hmm. that's what's the novel part about discovering them. So we do have two different plans that we offer. Yeah. So, but that's cool. So you, you don't really have a cost other than the boxing and the distribution. Correct. Yeah. So you're basically a distribution business in some respects. Yeah. And, but boxing and distribution business. So you have a warehouse where it all gets boxed. So we were about to have a warehouse. We've always actually used a 3PL. Um, we've always supported a disabled work facility, which has been really important. But things have changed a bit during COVID. So when COVID hit, obviously they were, you know, one of the first to shut down and, and close their doors. And so we had to move quite quickly and shift warehouses. But I think what was brought to our attention during that time a lot was that we needed that control, number one, more. And number two, because we launched our online shop as well, it made a lot of sense operationally and financially to finally have our own warehouse and put it all together. Yeah, yeah. So, like, are you really strict, for example, that the uh, you only use paper, no, you only use cardboard paper, you don't use plastic in the boxes? I mean, you, you, you're in the, into that program? Yeah, yeah. I mean, our customers are obviously pretty savvy and yep. interested in all of that. And presentation is really important as well. For me, it's such an experience when it lands on your doorstep. And I think that's really important to remember. Like we don't have a shop front, but the box is essentially our shop front when someone's opening it. So I think that experience is really important to remember. And like these days you can access everything everywhere. Like nothing's new or novel anymore. So I feel like that's something that we do offer. It's a different experience each month. Yeah, well, that's quite clever um, because it's not the same. In terms of the fulfillment to the subscriber, so in other words, I pay 25 bucks a month, there's fulfillment in, in the form of this box and whatever is inside of it. How do you actually fulfill the delivery? I mean, so how do you make sure that I get the box on time, it's put in the right place? How do you do all that sort of stuff? I yeah. mean, how do you do well, you got What courier system do you use? Couriers, yeah. So it all actually starts with our label system, having to segment on that level which is connected to the website. So that segmentation is important. And then everything gets packed at the warehouse and then the couriers will come on the first of each month and pick it up all in in one hit. Do you use one mob, one courier mob? We use two at the moment um, because one of our couriers doesn't reach the really regional areas in Australia. And it's also about... um, What's most cost effective? I was going to say that that's that's the hard part. Yeah, and, like uh, shipping's our biggest cost, and shipping in Australia is it's it's expensive. Yeah, because yeah. because we've got such distances to cover, um, and so someone who's paying twenty five dollars who lives in Broken Hill, it's a lot harder for you to make money out of that than it is if your warehouse is in Redfern and you just got to deliver it to Redfern. Yeah, and well, negotiating those courier prices. I mean, that was one of. One of the things I did in the very early days of the business has been super critical. I mean, your margin, your margin's everything as well. So, and take me through your product lines. So you've broken down into, as I said here, it's got the uh, goodness me boxes, got the goodness me beauty, it's got the kids one. What other product lines do you have, or is that it? Is that it for the moment? That's it. It's those three, and then it's the online shop that we have as well, which has thousands of products on there, so all different. Well, why did you own a kids? Well, most of our audience are mums as well, young ones. So we saw an opportunity. A lot of the time on social media, we'd see them unboxing the boxes with their with their kids um, and their children taking products to try as well. So we thought, let's try something with, with the kids and get them excited about healthy eating from when they're young as well. Yeah. So, uh, Has it done well? It's done well, but to be honest, there aren't as many healthy kids' products on the market, which is such a shame and a gap in the market, I think. Um, So it's much harder to source healthy kids' products. But that's interesting because uh, I remember when I did the TV show, the mentor TV show, um, one of the um, contestants or one of the episodes was about a a girl who decided that she wanted to do healthy canteen lunches and that she would prepare the canteen lunches and you could subscribe to them and she would deliver them to you not to the canteen, but delivered to you, the parents, the family. But the objective was to just make tasty but healthy foods instead of kids buying nuggets at lunchtime in the school canteen. It didn't get off the ground in the end, but um, it was sort of a good idea. 
But I'm just looking at some of these things here. Um, you know, you've got uh, plant-based bush bites, cacao, coconut. Um, you've got another one, pecan pistachio, and you've got these uh, faba beans. Yeah. Is the objective, is part of the idea, and a cute little box here too, is the objective to um, get the parents to give these things to kids to take to school? Because, you know, I'm, I really have a thing about what kids buy at school. It's just, no joke, it's rubbish. Yeah. Kids are getting, uh, as I said, bloody nuggets and uh, chocolate Ice cream, chips, yeah. orange drinks full of sugar. It's a problem. Is it, it's a problem. Yeah. And then they, that's where they start. I mean, that's that's where they start this rubbish eating. Yeah. Right there and then. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's ingrained into their whole system. It's just having an effect where parents are actually sort of saying, putting some of these things in. A, I mean, this is this month's one, but it's yeah. just having an effect. We definitely try have good lunchbox snacks in there because I think that's a huge pain point for parents as well. And as you said, the canteens are super unhealthy. I even know with all the sports programs, every year they're incentivized to sell boxes of chocolate um, door to door. And so, um, which I just find so ironic because that's a healthy sport program that they're meant to be doing and then yep. they're selling chocolates all over. So, um, yeah, we definitely want them to be taking that kind of stuff to school. Somehow, I mean, there's an opportunity here for someone like you, I don't know if you're interested in it, but like it's a good form of manipulation. Um, you know, parents, you, you know, all of you guys conspiring to manipulate kids into being more healthy as opposed to just uh, – because there's enough pressure on them from television or not even television, to be frank with you. There's enough pressure on them from watching YouTube what gets advertised to them on YouTube. Yeah. They see the ad and the ads are the same ads that they used to watch on television before kids shows and they're the same sort of advertisers and they're pushing shit products down to them. Mm. The sort of things that you were eating when yeah. you got ill. Yeah. And I think it's more prevalent now than ever before. Really? I mean, and, uh, I, I, mean I think that parents must be hanging out to get this sort of influence to their kids. Yeah. And then a good way of influencing me is this, is this box arrives um, what do they do with the boxes, by the way? Do they throw them away or do they send them back? Or They don't send not... them back. That would be very cool. But um, a lot of them recycle them. So like the kids, they'll send us photos of making like train stations out of them or people put them under their computer or laptop or they'll reuse them somehow. Because yeah, they're cool, cool boxes. They, they look expensive too, relatively speaking. Yeah. We've invested in them. But, yeah, yeah while still being cost conscious. And you, Yeah, because you've got to... You know, you've got to, someone's got to put this together too. Like mm. it's, these have become flat and come to you in flat pack. Yeah. Yes. And you have to employ someone to put, build it up. Then you have to pack it. But it just looks like quite a lot of, it looks like high quality print, you know, like it's heavily printed, yep. which just makes it interesting and for the kids. I mean, they're all heavily printed. Um, it's, it's quite heavily branded and there's a lot in this box. I mean, to, I mean, it's not just a couple of boxes. There's a lot in this. This would be an expensive item relative to the whole $25. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say so. I mean, we've done it the right way, but I think, um, as you mentioned before, that element of resharing the packaging and our brand is a very valuable part of our marketing. Yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah, it's worthwhile for that as well. But, I mean, if you have someone in over 10 years and every month for 10 years, that's, 1,200 boxes they've received. Um, they're not going to reuse those. I mean, have you thought about what you might do with those boxes over time or ha or maybe you just get one box that's, I mean, I'm just thinking about it like it looks like a lot of cardboard to be yeah. wasted. It'd be a great idea if they could send it back Yeah, could recycle it. I mean, if you could just flip back into the thing, you just put an envelope mm. with it and just send it straight back to you, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. That'd be really good. Because these aren't going to get ruined. They're pretty good. They're sturdy things. Yeah. It'd be hard to bugger it. You yeah. know, like, uh, you know, there's nothing going to spill in it because everything's packaged. Um, and if kids could, you know, get a one cent or something or, you know, like a return, like a yeah. you know, five cents or something like that, five cents out of 25 bucks, probably not too bad. You know, if the kids and they could build up some sort of uh, credits and they could watch the credits in your on, on the website, they register their names, Johnny, and Johnny's, you know, building up five, five cent credits or whatever it is, 10 cent credits all the way through and realizes this is a way of saving plan of a saving money for him and then he can sort of go down to your website and use that yeah, credit that I love he's built that. up and buy something just because he sent the box back. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. The parents could, um, you know, uh, would get excited about that because it turns kids into being responsible but also, also teaches them to save. Yep. You know I think I mean? that would be super fun for them as well. Yeah, yeah. And they and they got to – it's quite good for their dexterity to have to work out how to dismantle a box, like yeah. flat pack it. Yep. Like Make it, make it back into a flat pack. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've got to do something for our kids' hands. Yeah. And, um, you know, like it would just be great if 
someone could start to encourage children to use their fingers to put things together or pull things apart. Yeah. Like I used to, like when I was a kid. Yeah, um, actually I, play. You know, there's horrible things like when I was a kid. But like, I'd be just, you know, I don't want to sound like that, but like I, I'm just trying to think of cool ways that you can make it more engaging and interactive for the parents yep. with the kids. Yeah. Not just the the, the fava beans. Um, do you think kids, I mean, I don't even know what fava beans are, but if they're beans, do you think kids are going to like those? I mean, do, yeah. do you, have you, would you, for example, go and taste these? Cause I eat them still. Yeah, they it? taste good. Yeah, yeah. they taste okay. They're nice um, swap for maybe chips or something savoury. I mean, they're still, kids still want something salty or sweet. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Well, that doesn't change. Yeah, yeah. But so, you just want to make sure there's some nutrition in there. Yeah, that's it. Not full of trans so, fats. And, and I know that Brown cares, you know, there's a farmer named Angus and he creates these and grows the beans on his own farm. So. This business here called Human Bean. Yes. Hum, human yeah, Bean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. that's cool. Do you get to meet? Do you get to meet the uh, the suppliers? I do. So I think one of the best parts about my job is so I speak to a lot of the brands um, or meet with them and hearing their story and how they started, which I find always super fascinating and really interesting. And um, yeah, it's it's been actually amazing because we've been going six years, seeing their growth as well. Like some of them started out super small when we first started. Um, I think Remedy Kombucha's a really great example as well. I drink that stuff. Remedy yeah. brand. Yeah, Remedy, yeah. the kombucha, yeah. and they're huge now. They're everywhere. So um, it's been cool to see that growth. Like I find that exciting because for me it's about as well seeing the food industry change and yeah. starting to shift. Cause and that, being that part of it. to happen. Yeah, You're being part, part of, of that. Yeah. You're a big part of it. So like, do you, by the way, that, that Remedy, is Remedy something you, you saw kick off? Yeah. Really? They uh, they started a few years before us, but I remember, so we do these yearly whole food night markets where we have about a thousand people attending and sponsors and celebrity chefs doing You guys stuff. put it on? Yeah. 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 So we had to postpone this year's because of COVID, but they were at one of our first events and they weren't big back then or anything. We used to work with them and they're everywhere now. So that's been really cool to yeah, see. Yeah, I, I, I buy the Remy, the Remy one because it doesn't have much sugar in it. And, yeah. Uh, and it tastes good too. And they've got the balance of the taste, right? Yeah. And during the COVID period, I mean, what other sort of pivots have you had to do to sort of satisfy corporates or consumers or the various client bases? Yeah, we noticed two key things. Number one was um, corporates started to contact us a lot more because they were really concerned about their employee health and well-being at home. So personalising boxes for them and giving gifts to their employees or staff. And the other opportunity was we noticed that brands were heavily reliant on marketing, either being at events or um, being seen on the supermarket shelf or or in stores, which people weren't going in stores. So um, they realised that they needed to be seen digitally. So we started um, offering more content marketing services for the brand so that we could help them be seen and get them out there through our channels. So it's a nice addition to our um, B2B side of the business. Thank you, COVID. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I guess I should ask you also, how important has social media been to you in all this? Social, it, it has been a big part of our growth. Today, we very much have an even spread of um I'll call it like customer acquisition through different channels because I think it's really important that you have that in the early days. I mean, essentially that's really what helped me kick off. Um, I had this whole marketing plan. I executed it. I was sitting in my study and suddenly all these Instagram followers started coming through and the sales started dinging from the website. And so that was a huge start for me, which then helped me build my database and a referral program and kicked everything off from there. Um, Social media has been big. I think these days people sell product and less so do brands sell product potentially. You know, people want to yep. hear from people. So um, I think that word of mouth has been really important on social media. And I, I mean, I've run out of time, but I give everyone an opportunity to ask me a question. Do you have anything you want to ask me? Do you yes. want me to try the goodness beauty? <laughs> I haven't, <laughs> the goodness anyone beauty? haven't opened it. Let me know your favourite. Um I did have a question, which is something we just touched on. Yep. I wanted to know, you've done an amazing job of building your profile and your businesses. How important is building your personal profile for the business being for you? And how important do you think it is for other businesses these days? Well, my business 
depends which ones, which businesses you're talking about. But I, I use personality to cut through all the corporate environment when it comes to lending money. So largely people don't trust anyone who lends the money because you know, someone's lending me money. I'm not going to trust you because, you know, I owe you money. So I therefore I don't trust you. Um, so I used, um, I try to put personality into that. So there's a person there, at least you've got a chance to trust me. Even if 50% trust me and 50% don't, I've got 50%. So um, therefore I had to build, or the, my company had to build something around my personality. So we did TV shows and all sorts of things. There's a flip side of that because it's, it's extremely expensive. It takes a long time. You can get it wrong. It intrudes on your private life and you can fuck it up in one second. So it works. It has huge personal costs associated with it and with, with big risk in between it. When it comes to mentor, for example, um, I think the, the nature of the mentor business proposition is someone there trying to give you advice. So it's hard to corporatize that. Mm. So I actually couldn't corporatize that. I have to do it as a, you know, on a personal basis. And I mean, I do it because I enjoy it too. Like I don't want anybody to do it for me. I want to do it myself. I want to be able to meet people like you and see all the ideas and try stuff and ask questions and uh, it makes me think and it's, it's a bit of a, there's some ego associated with it, but it's also a, a learning trip for me. It's a bit of a trip. And, um, so I, I, I therefore know that people expect to know more about me and they expect to get a lot from me. So therefore I have mm. to build my brand again. They're two specific things I think are important. I think in relation to what you do, I don't know if you need to have yourself, if you don't have to have yourself in front of it, it's better not to. The business is more valuable without relying on an individual. Mm. Yeah. I mean, to the individual, to the owner, to the yeah. proprietor, the business is much more valuable because someone will pay more money for it. Because they get, they discount the value of the business if they think that there's a personality too heavily associated with it, and also you don't have all the private life intrusions. So it's better to do it that way. But um, some businesses just cut through better. And I had to beat the incumbents. You, you didn't have to beat any incumbents because you are the incumbent now. Yep. You're the new kid on the block. I had to uh, beat the incumbents. And there's only one way I could beat the banks. For example, in the in the finance business, was to be approachable give good value to people, like in terms of what I was saying, um, not be arrogant like the, the banks were accused of being, try and be honest and at the end of the day offer a good price for the same product. Yep. So it made sense for me to, John Symes did it, so a few of us did it um, and we cut through pretty, it gave us cut through. It was much more efficient in terms of my marketing. There was no Instagram or anything like that in those days. So we had to cut through somehow and because marketing was expensive, it was $23,000 for 30 seconds on television, so... <laughs> You know, there's a lot of 30 seconds you need to spend to get into people's brain. Um, so we had to cut through somehow. So we built my personality, you know, like on screen, so to speak, through television shows. So I did TV shows. Um, you know, I did The Apprentice for five years. It was, you know, I did it for 56 episodes. I didn't get paid for it. I did it for nothing, wow. just to build a brand. Yep. And that that's the Instagram equivalent what you could do today for really cheap mm. um, and for much less time. But I did it. I went through it. Like, you know, I used to spend uh, 70 hours for every 40 minutes of television and we do 12 episodes. And so 70 hours it would take me for one episode of television, take me 70 hours of filming. It would get reduced down to 42 minutes of television in the edit room. And that would take me a week and a half, literally six in the morning to 10, 11 o'clock at night, seven or eight days. Wow. And then I do that for 12 weeks, 12, 13 weeks. So four months of my year, three to four months of my year for five years, I did that for. Um, and the mentor was, the TV show was something similar. Um, so that's what I did to build some character around the person who stood in front of the brand. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important if you're trying to get cut through. Today you can use Instagram um, and Facebook and LinkedIn to a lesser extent. But it's, it's not so much the platforms that you, you use, it's more, more about the content you put on the platforms. So, you know, it's, you've got to be very careful about how you build your stories and what are the stories. Mm. Because people, we judge everybody, not just by what you say, but the way you look. Mm. And we want to look at someone and say, do we trust that person? Yep. That's just our natural instinct. That's how we are. It's our first sort of line of defense so you've got to be really good at video. You've got to have a good video team and you've got to be able to be prepared to put that shit up and it's got to go up all the time because mm. today 
you're competing with them much more than I ever competed with. Then I competed with maybe you know, the 8.30 slot, uh, Wednesday night or Tuesday night, whatever night where I was on, I would only compete with three other channels. Now you're competing, if you're on Instagram, you're competing with like literally thousands and thousands and thousands of things mm. that, that are on at this, all on at the same time, 24 hours a day. And it, you choose, you know, there's no appointment, you choose. So it's your content's got to be really good and uh, you know, personality does still does cut through. And you need to be really consistent. You need to do it all the time. You can't ever let up. You've got to have a theme. You're, you've got to stand for something. So I, for me, I think it's really important, but it depends on the industry you're in and who you're taking on. For you, I don't think you need to do anything. I mean, I just think these products speak for themselves. I don't think Peter needs to be in front of this, for example. Yep. And I think if you do put Peter in front of this and you and then all of a sudden you manage to take over it, in other words, you get ahead of it, in front of it, if you ever want to bring an investor in or a sell it for some reason, um, someone taps you on the shoulder and wants to buy the business, they'll discount the value of the business because it's heavily reliant on you. Yeah. Apart from the burden it puts on you daily. Um, so I, I would be very careful of that stuff. Okay. Because it's it's full on. Yeah. It literally is full on and it doesn't stop. Yeah. You don't stop. You can't take a break. Everyone wants to see you all the time. As soon as they get a bit of you, they they want to know everything about you. Yeah. And then that's a big game about what you're prepared to share and what you're not prepared to share. Yep. Because people are going to, today especially, young people, they, they expect more from you. They're going to drag from you. And there's this push-pull sort of environment all the time. You've got to be really careful. It's draining. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be dipping into this box here all the time to sort of keep your energy up because <laughs> it really is draining. Yeah. And it's more draining now than it ever was before. That's what I think. Very true. There is greater expectation. Share more with me. Tell me more about you. Why have you stopped? Why aren't you putting up three times a day? Yep. And everyone else is. Give me more. Do a podcast. Um, do a vodcast. I don't like what you do. I don't like what you said. What do you think? Take a stand. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. I would say, look at uh, those things you must look at with a lot of caution. Okay. Fine line. A very fine line. Mm. Thanks, Peter. This has been great. I, I noticed the... Uh, Beauty one is more full than all the others. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit more expensive. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Are you paying for different, different, different subscription? Yeah. Different subscription yeah. is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got more stuff in it though. Like it's, uh, looks like you pay a lot more attention to this one. <laughs> it's got heaps of stuff in it. I can imagine they get quite excited about this when they get this. Yeah. It's yeah, beauty sure. designed for women, I guess, is it? Or Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know what most of these things are, but I'm sure um, someone would get pretty excited when this arrives on their doorstep. Thank you. Thanks very much, Peter. That's great. (laughs) 